Okay. Uh, all right. So we we got to the third parak. We are. What do we have left? Oh, we have. Okay. So basically, I mean, it's actually in a way like the book kind of divides at this point, right? Because up till now, we talked about. Right, we talk about the development of Naomi. We talk about the, and Ruth and how they got to uh, how they got to the the current the current uh, point in their journey. And now, uh, now the next stage is going to be Ruth, you know, getting into the whole relationship with Boaz and how that ends and leads to the to David Melech. So. One of the things that has to be understood is, you know, why exactly it happens the way that it does, and uh, and why it's a uh, why it's related to David Melech in particular. Could be any great character. Could come from uh, any person. Why specifically David Melech is one of the questions that we, we want to understand. Why Boaz being the, and, and Ruth being the ancestor of the, the ancestors of David Melech. So, so far what we saw was, I guess so far the, 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 the principles of the book that have become clearer are that, um, is that the, right, is it, first of all, the background, understanding that the Tanakhs, from the, 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 the Tanakh is laying out a picture of a time in which the Jewish people fall into a spiritual decline and therefore there's a physical decline and then people who are see, are see, or have the, who have the means to escape from it like Elimelech's family so they take advantage of that to try to escape in order to preserve their comfortable lifestyle just rather than in other words it's like a person who you know has pain in their body and instead of finding out what's wrong they just take more Advil you know they're just trying to like suppress the pain without finding out what's wrong Right? Rather than diagnose the problem and solve the underlying problem, they, they, they try to, try to uh, just deal with the symptoms. And so that's what happened, and that's the whole... Uh, once, the, um, once the situation changes, and Naomi reflects, it seems like, reflects on what has occurred in light of her understanding of the, uh, you know, the Darche Hashem, so decides to return to, to Israel, and of course Ruth is like her disciple, let's say who has become inspired, not because of any practical advantage that she has to gain, but because she understands the value of what the Jewish people represent and, uh, and the idea of devotion to God you know, is what attracts her, not because she wants to support Naomi, because Naomi is going to help her on her journey uh, to uh, become a Jew or to actualize what potential she has to serve God. That, that's it. That's basically it. And so, and then we encounter Boaz, and Boaz provides the explanation for how it is that the nation went from being <clears throat> disconnected from God and therefore suffering from famine to being in a condition where, uh, where the, um, where you know, prosperity has returned. And so we see that in two levels. We see that he has restored the proper recognition of God, but he's also restored the proper orientation towards material things, right? In other words, the distribution of wealth and the generosity and the chesed. And um, because characteristic of someone who is disconnected from God is not only a hoarding of wealth, it's also an excluding of outsiders, right? It's exclusivity and the idea that, no, he welcomes Ruth and he's, he, he gives her even more and he goes out of his way to extend her. And remember, we're talking about somebody who abandoned her people, like Naomi abandoned the, the people and went to Moab, 
um, and yet he's judging them based on their current choices. He's not in any way vindictive or resentful or holding their past against them or anything else. But he's a, he's a person who really is trying to help them facilitate their return to, to, to Am Yisrael and to God and, and is going above and beyond. So that's the that's stage so far. Right? Now Naomi realizes, and he did that without identifying who he was, without revealing who he was or what personal relationship he had, because he didn't want it to be a function of that personal relationship, what he was doing to be perceived as a function of that personal relationship. And that's important because that is part of his MO, probably. In other words, to teach people the right way to act. It shouldn't be based upon any personal agenda. As opposed to... Uh, a person who is not doesn't have the uh, God-centered view, where their their agenda is going to be uh, is going to dictate their actions much more. Their personal agenda: I, I need to be nice to this person because they're going to do me favors, or because of the familial relationship that I have with them, which therefore means that you know it's going to come back to me in some way or another. It's going to benefit me. Um, not use, not employing any of those calculations, but simply putting it in terms of: I know what a great person you are, and what sacrifices you made, and I know that you. Uh, came to become part of the Jewish people and to serve God and that's all he says he doesn't say oh, by the way I'm your cousin you know or whatever he is you know. he, never, he never mentions that so uh, okay so now so, and we talked about how it happens at a time of year which represents the time of transition from initial growth to maturity of growth which is sort of what's happening in the story too as now we, we look at we don't know exactly what time ha- you know we know that this, they got there in the beginning of the barley season. It's now the wheat harvest is over. So that's say like somewhere in the summer, you know? Yeah. So at, by this time, we would assume that they're pretty well situated. Roots is pretty well situated. They have a routine going. They've become, you know, they've reached a comfort level with their position in the community, you know, and so on. Now I want to seek for you rest that can be good for you. Okay? Meaning, for the first time, the attention is going to shift to Naomi taking care of Ruth, which we haven't really seen up till now. We've seen Ruth wanting to follow Naomi and, and basically taking care of Naomi also by bringing her the food and doing these things. But it was seemingly inspired by her interest in being part of the Zionist project, as we would call it, right? She wanted to come to Israel, be part of that. Um, now, Naomi says, I want to give you Manoach. Now, that's a word that Naomi used before. Because she said to the, to the daughters-in-law, you should each find Menucha. You should each find Menucha in the house of your husbands. Right? Meaning you're not going to be settled until you have your own family life, your own home life. As long as you are dependent on or you know, without a family, without a base, you're not going to be able to feel fully secure, fully... What does minucha mean? What's the definite... What does minucha mean? Well, what, is it, what does the word mean? Right, it means... Lanuach means not to be moving, right? Lanuach is rest. Right. Meaning that you... Right, it doesn't mean you literally stop moving because then you're deceased. Right? But it means that you have a, you're stable. Life will be stable. Okay? A stabilizing of the circumstances of life. What? Free of problems. Right. So it, you reach a certain point where there's stability. When a person's in transition, meaning this whole period has been a period of transition, and now, we're, now I want things to be stable for you. Because a person can't really develop or enjoy life without some sense of stability. 
you know. So and she calls her my daughter, which is very nice, you know. She's but she called them her daughters before, so she's taking on the motherly role again. We kind of saw it switch because Naomi was the passive one, and Ruth was the one who was taking care of her, bringing her home the food, going out. Now Naomi says, "I'm gonna the mother instinct come back." Yeah. And she says, So I guess they're all the way back to another, right, it's a whole year, right? They're a whole year because they're now they're back to the barley harvest. And Now, look very carefully, okay? It says, In the Ketiv. You see that? Right? You read it as... Right, the Ketiv is, uh, is T. Well, that's what it almost sounds like because if you look down later, it also says... Um, in Pasuk Dalet... Yeah, V'shachavti instead of V'shachavt. Right? So there's some element of Naomi getting in here which the Ketiv is showing you and the Kri is not showing you. Right? Okay. She get, get dressed up, look beautiful, and so on. Hold you. So you're gonna go in and sneak in in the middle of the night and go by his legs. It's very uh, provocative. Provocative. Right? I mean, I don't think you can deny that. Right? She's. You get wash up, you know. I, I take a shower once a month whether I need it or not type of thing, you know. No, but it's not just that. Right, put on perfume. They put on perfume, a nice dress. It says she put on a big day Shabbat. To attract somebody. So this, of course, is some is, is evoking the same... Uh, when we're looking at it in the perspective of history and the stories that it is also based on, is going to remind us of the actions of the daughters of Lot, who are the ancestors of uh, uh, ancestor of, of Ruth, right? As the daughter of Moab, getting their no, but getting their father drunk and meaning he doesn't know what's going on, taking him by surprise, and and Yehuda and Tamar, where Tamar dresses up in a costume, you know, waiting for Yehuda. There's a, you know, and and takes advantage of the uh, takes control of the situation in a sexual way, right? Now, there's no actual relations happening between Ruth and Boaz. So that he'll realize that she's there. Right, so he'll, he'll, be, he'll realize that she's there because he'll get a draft, I assume. I, I assume, that's what I mean. But it also could possibly be a hint to either sexual, some sexual connotation, it also might be a, 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 a remise of the, the idea of yibum v'chalitza with the foot. You know, because the idea of removing the shoe. They didn't wear socks back then. So, you know, the barefooted. And there's the element of yibum, even though it's not a real halachic yibum. But there's an element of yibum in the, in the relationship. So, she's uncovering his feet. to wake. So he wakes up and he'll know what to do. So, like, it's very weird... Naomi is like plotting this very strange encounter between Ruth and Boaz, saying that Boaz will know what to do, but uh, but clearly instructing Ruth to use her uh, feminine 
her femininity, to capitalize on her femininity, to grab the attention of Boaz. Right? But, and, that's all it says in the Ketiv. In the Kree, you have Elai. Okay, so again, it takes root out of the picture. The Elai part is out of the picture again. So you get the idea, like I had mentioned before, that a lot of this has to do with Naomi. In Naomi's mind, this is her chance to be redeemed. Because she lost the opportunity. And Ruth is her protege, let's say, in the story. You know? Ruth is... Right. She lay down there and she uncovered his feet. But he didn't wake up at first. It happened later. He ate and he drank. And he, now the pshad of Vaitavlibo is he got a little uh, tipsy. I wouldn't say he was wrong, but he got a little bit tipsy and went to sleep. The, of course, the Chazal say he learned Torah. That's why he was Vaitavlibo. He learned Torah. He learned Torah. Vaitavlibo, they're saying it adding, it's adding something out. The question is is Vaitavlibo an extension of Vayisht or is it a new thing? No, he's doing it now. In Pasuk Zayin. Uh, yeah. He ate and drank, and uh, and he had a, and he was happy. So that could just be as a result of the Vayochal Vayesht, or it could be that he was learning to walk like the Chazal. But the idea is that they're. Why do they say that? Because they're trying to portray him as a certain type of a character. You don't need to believe. What? He's not doing something wrong here. There's nothing wrong with having a sip of wine and going to sleep. Or this relationship. Well, well, that's another thing. I mean, we'll see. He is a little bit concerned about that. Right? But the fact that he's learning Torah now means like... Meaning he's a holy guy. He's still on the forefront of his mind. Right. He's not, he's not working based on his emotion right. of desiring a female. Right. Well, that hasn't happened yet. He doesn't even know she's there yet. But yeah, I think they always try, Chazal always try with their um, injecting of these uh, things into the story. Like, oh, you know, this person was really learning Torah. The whole, you know, they bring these things in just to remind us. The general was like the, the, whatever, the Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. yeah, to make it clear that we're talking about people who were engaged in Torah. They weren't just, not just like a... a, a, a a day laborer who's like drinking tequila and falling asleep by the thing, you know, that doesn't mean necessarily that Vaitablibo literally means he was learning to walk, but the idea was he wasn't a person who's like getting drunk and passing out by his uh, thing. He was a person of substance. Don't forget that this is a person of Torah. That's like the, the I think that's the main point of those Midrashim to say, like, don't think he was like, like that. Now, she un- so uh, in the middle of the night, Vaiba Khatsiala, yeah. It's the pile of the wheat, of the grain. Yeah, they said that you know they had to stay there. There had to be someone to stay there to guard it from any kind of theft. They guard it from theft or, or anything like that. Or animals. Animals also, I guess, could come. You know. What's the shortage of wood? 
Arema is a pile. Literally, it's a word. Yeah. Hey, let's go. Yeah, we're, more people are coming tomorrow. This is the first. This is the first group. This is not. No, we're missing one of them. Leon is not. He was here for the Shabbat. Yeah, you were. Yes, he was. He was here, but he. He was here. He was. He was here. He was here, but he wouldn't. He wouldn't learn Shira Shirim with us because he wasn't married. Now he, now he has kids. Wait, one still, right? Only one. So you're living here. Where do you live? Near Amarishkol. It's called Yivanim Mitzar. Oh. oh, really? It's hard to live here without making Aliyah because it's everything. They constantly want an ID. They want to do that to hood for everything. And passport. Oh, the works here? Good. Okay. We're learning Ruth. They don't care. I'm going to have to go on my... Do you have any Chidushim for us about Ruth before we go? Yeah. I don't know, so I'm trying to fi- figure out. I don't know. I was getting desperate. I'm br- I'm, I'm, okay. Anyway, so yeah, so that's no. Arema is, is a pile. Like, uh, no, that's oh, like that. No, no, just means a pile. So he twisted around. The is like to twist around. Then he turned around. Yeah. Uh, and behold, there's a woman sleeping by his feet, which he probably didn't expect. But he obviously doesn't expect anybody to be there, let alone a woman, in the middle of the night. Okay? Now, there's a lot of sugge- suggestive imagery in the... Uh, it's a good thing you're married now. A lot of suggestive imagery. The legs, the getting dressed up, the middle of the night, the young woman by the feet. There's a lot of suggestive imagery here. Um, that for sure is, is intentional, right? Intentional. And in fact, the Chazal even say that um, well, there's actually, oh, I wish I had, the, I don't have any books here, but do um, you have any uh, perushim? Like, I don't know, uh, where did it? On this? Like a, oh, on, on, maybe on Safari. Maybe a little bit later on. There's a, there's a place where the, the Chazal bring a bunch of things about, you know, about uh, not wanting to... Uh, have relations with her before you know those it's a little bit later it's so later we'll see but the point is that that's even on his mind in other words even the Chazal are not shy to say that's what's on that, that's what the situation you know evokes and suggests that there's something just like they say about Abigail when she met with David at the you know there's some sexual overtones of the uh, of the encounter. Why she's called Eishet Naval Hakamelit always? That's always the first time. Uh, was that was she was. Even when she was. Even when she was married to David, yeah. Weird. Yeah. It's weird. Like almost you never see Abigail's name by herself. Yeah. Maybe it's because of some some flirtatiousness pre. Well, the Chazal say, the Chazal say that being deceased. The Chazals say that uh, he saw the light of her thigh from 400 Parsa'ot away or whatever. You know, that, this, isn't that right? 
something like that. No, Avigail. Because remember, David is going to kill Naval because he was so bad, and then and then she comes, she comes, she comes. Mrs. Naval comes, and and it says she saw her leg from four hundred parcels, I think, or something like that. A lot more away. And then and then it says that she asked him like a a question in Hilchot Nida. Oh, I have a question. And then asked him, uh, oh, but, and then, and then that's why he said, you saved me from, uh, from two bloods. It says, Damim, you, you and also Nava. Right? Her so, argument's beautiful. Like, her argument with David is so spot on. Like, don't ruin yourself. Right, you're going to ruin yourself. Uh, he's not worth you ruining yourself over. You've been, you've been so clean until now. Yeah. But the idea is that the, the point is that she, Put him into an objective thinking framework, right? right? Meaning, when a per- it's like the when you're acting emotionally, right? You, once he had to start thinking about halachic question, it changed everything. It's like the Gemara in Kiddushin. It says, if the minuval grabs you, right? The yetara moshcheu lebet hamidrash. Once you start, the the mind starts kicking in. The Rambam says it. He says that the that the znut, you know, the the uh, Yetzirah can only operate in a lift Panoi mina chukmah you know, if you're not, but once you're in the realm of chukmah then the Yetzirah doesn't have power to influence you so she got him into the, the what the Chazal are saying is that she got, they're using a story but the point is that they're laying their story on top of that story it's to say that what really is happening there is that she got him into a mode of thinking about thinking rationally once you start thinking intelligently about things and weighing them so then it then the Yetzirah's power, you know, dissipates. So here we have a different thing, which is that Ruth is engaging Boaz from the other way, using a sort of a romantic, suggestive uh, situation. And according to Chazal, you know, his wife had just died, which is, uh, Boaz's wife had just died, which, which is very, very evocative also of the story of Yehuda. Because Yehuda, with, he, his wife had died and he was lonely and, you know, and then he sees a girl and also dressed up and also in a suggestive way. Of course, that ends up with something a little bit different. The tragedy he was coming from was when they brothers threw him out. What? What? When? Yehuda. Yeah, Yehuda. But, but, but it also after that, his wife died and then he went down to, for his uh, for sheep shearing and his wife had just recently died so he was lonely and he saw Tamar and, you know, like it says, the Malach made him go. But the Rambam in the morning of says, the Malach is the Yetzirah. Well, the Yetzirah is also a Malach. Anyway, so the, the point is that what, so she's there. He wakes up and he says, what are you doing here? Vayomer Mi'at, who are you? Vatomer Anuchi Amatecha, Ufarasta Stretch your, uh, your wings over your maidservant because you are, uh, you are a redeemer. A redeemer means somebody who is responsible for restoring the, the, leg- the generational legacy of the family, basically. If they had to sell a property out of the family or something like that for financial reasons, so then this goel would be responsible to try to restore it to the family's assets, right? To go buy it back, right? So, but she says, Ufarasta knafecha al amatecha. What phrase does that remind you of? Where? Right, well, keep going, keep going. Well, she, he says it to her. He says to her, You came lachsot tachat knafav of Hashem. Right? So, 
he used that phrase in talking to Ruth. He said, you came to talking about Hashem Elohei Yisrael, right? And now she's saying, and you should spread your wings. So using the same language, meaning I came under the wings of the divine presence and I want to come under your wing. Obviously, it's different kind of wings. But the idea is under the protection, under the guardianship, under the auspices of you. Okay? But she's taking a phrase that he said to her as if to, you know, remind him of the reason why he thought highly of her. He thought highly of her because she sacrificed everything and God should help her. Saying, you want want God to help me? You're the the shaliyah. Right? So you, you, you said, come, you know, that God should help me. That, uh, what was the language of the, that he said? Um, okay, so I want to meet will be the agent of, of, of that. Because what will it mean for Ruth, for somebody like Boaz to take her literally under his wing? You know, is the, the term that we use, under your wing. It's exactly the same thing. Bring, take me under your wing. That's what she said. What does it mean to be under someone's wing? Or what does it mean for her to be under his wing? He's already extended her above and beyond in the chesed that he does for them. So what that means is full membership in Am Yisrael. Under your house. Right, but that actually completely... Right, but the, but the point is she's still an outsider. To have the person who is the leader, who is the who is the spiritual leader, who is this successful, prominent person, marry her is basically solidifying, solidifying her, her being a part of Am Yisrael. It validates the legitimacy of who she is. Okay? And, um, okay, and so, so he says, uh, where is it? Vayomer bucha at l'ashem biti. Blessed are you to Hashem, my daughter, because she's much younger than him. Heitabt chasdecha chaon min arishon. Your later chesed is greater than the first. Right? You didn't go after a young man, whether wealthy or poor. You're going, you want to be married to me, an old guy. Yeah. So she, uh, she decided to, you know, he's saying that's a chesed too because he's lonely, I guess. And, you know, she's interested in uh, being with him despite the age gap and despite her eligibility as a bachelorette, young bachelorette. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Well, he's and he's a descendant of Yehuda, so and uh, from Peretz, so it makes so sense that. Yeah, what are you thinking? No, that's why. There's a big age gap also with Yehuda. Yeah, begin. So I was saying before, there's also on the other side because Moab is a similar situation where the daughters, you know, entice their father, you know, with the wine and all that. He also had some drink, like Boaz has something to drink, you know, and there's also a similar thing. In, the, in both sides of the, there's a woman enticing a guy into a relationship, right? And in both cases, what's the goal? And I think this is an interesting thing. In both cases, what is it that motivates, um, that motivates Yehuda? Continuity. Rather than a sexual desire. Right. It's not an immediate gratification, but it's a sense of the continuity of legacy, of Am Yisrael, of uh, a particular mankind. individual of mankind in the case of Lot's uh, daughters that they thought everybody else was dead. Right? In the case of 
in the case of, uh, of Tamar, it's the children of Yehuda, the line of Yehuda. It's going to be, she sees as being lost because Sheila didn't marry anybody and the other two guy, boys are gone. So, the, uh, so the, here it's the continuity really of Naomi's family that everyone has been wiped out and Ruth is the only survivor and therefore to keep that family going would require. But the idea is that the woman is in initiating it out of a desire for something greater than immediate gratification. In, bo- in all three cases, that's the case because it's not like the daughters of Lot thought he was attractive. I mean, I assume not. And in the case of Yehuda also, I assume that wasn't because of a pre-existent uh, attraction or a desire. It was a... It was a uh, 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 and, and really Yibum in general That's what it is Yibum in general is A desire Why didn't Onan want to Why didn't Onan want to con- Consummate the marriage Oh because Because uh, Lo lo yazara Because I'm building a legacy For somebody else I don't want to do that That's why the Ashkenazi They do Chalita Kodemet No no It's a Tana Yeah He holds that if if you have any other intentions of uh, evil, if you have any other intentions of more than acquiring the children, you're looking for something for whatever it was, the family, whatever it is, you're not allowed to do it. It's, uh, it's considered like adultery, right? That's what the. That's what you're not doing it for the zero purposes. For the, right, he holds that the kavanah is part of it. That's why the Ashkenazim don't do. They do chalitza. They say chalitza kodemet. Even though mitzvah Right, yeah, I know, yeah, because that's Faradim. What approaches he has to this whole story of Yudan Taman. So one approach that he said, which I thought was very interesting, he said that, he said that if you look throughout all of the big dynasties, always something Exactly, right? There's always something in It starts off with focusing on Lot and Dorazim and it goes to Yudan Taman. And it goes to David and Bathsheba. And then... There's also a Midrash about David. How David came to be. Uh, he his father, his father thought he was with someone else. Right, he thought it was adulterous, right? Really? Wow. You never saw that? Oh, yeah. It's because when, when some, some, well, he was, he was a, like, a... Then it was really his wife? Yeah, the Midrash is his... His father thought he might have been a child of him, or he was with someone else, and then ended up being his wife. Being, being but, with, by accident, it was his wife or something? Yeah, when Shmuel came and said, where's your brother? Exactly. Seven is going to ask someone else. It's like, oh, there's another one, but it doesn't really count, you know? Like, yeah. why doesn't he count? Because he didn't think he was legitimate. Right, and then, they took, and then in Cinderella, they took the same, uh, same, same theme, and they said, uh, no, we don't have any other girls in this house that could be, for, this slipper could fit them. Uh, oh, but what about, what about that girl over there? No, no, no. Mm. They uh, clearly took it from me. Then he said also, oh. with the Ruth and Boaz also, of how old Yeah. So the idea that he was saying is that he said this idea from Zohar is that um, whenever Hashem wants to bring something, I mean it's also Chazal. Tomorrow also the Marks in Yuba that it can be only be malchut for someone who has a special shred behind behind to keep him humble. Right, exactly. Right, I mean that like the Davidic dynasty only or or teacher only have people who have some in their backs. Why? 
so so he's so, so the simple reason like Gary is saying is because it keeps him humble, and he oh, learns. Is it humble? Uh, yeah, and, and it's, I mean it also it also makes sure that I guess he doesn't make some like, I don't know, similar mistake. Or it, it, uh, he can learn from it. Yeah, it exactly. gives him some kind of humility he, uh, and perfect. Everybody, right? You're just perfect, and you can't be, others can't associate with you. He was saying everybody in the Davidic line, they're all like, they all have uh, some lineage. Even Moshe Rabbeinu, his, his parents, his mo- his, his, they, weren't, they weren't allowed to be married. No, uh, he's married his, his aunt. The, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Amram married his own aunt, which was okay for Bnei Noach, but it's not okay according to the Torah. Not okay according to the Torah. It's only, so it's like another example. But in any case, right, okay. so yeah, so, so let's point, yeah. The, oh yeah. The point you were saying was it's not too good it's not too good so he said that this is what I should say that's the story of the state of Israel so, it came from Chilonim. Uh, from the that, that's how you say it. He said it had, it came out from people who were trying to be found in a completely secular way. But, uh, because it came from the Tzioinim Harurim. He said part of the reason why is because that eventually that's the stomach stone will be able to come out. Yeah, it's a very interesting point. It's, it's funny, Rabbi Chaim would always say this like in like one line. But he like Rabbi Yosef that more. He always says like, oh, he's like, when I talk about the city, he's like, why you have it that much? He's like, he's like, like, it came from like uh, impure places, but things, good things came out of it. And the Rambam, the Rambam, the Rambam, the Rambam told me what city the Rambam told him. That's true. That's true. So yeah. So he. So he. So in any case, yeah. So we have. Um, we have uh, roots. We have. Again, yeah, and, and that's exactly what Boaz really points out. He points out that if she were really interested in her own personal, in her own personal benefit, her own personal interest, the way that let's say Orpah was in the beginning of the story, that she goes back, you know, because it, there was no future for her in Israel as far as she could, as anyone could see, as anyone can anticipate. So the um, so uh, so Ruth is not choosing the path that would be best for. Uh, herself personally, meaning if she were just thinking about her own personal life, what would naturally and emotionally or maybe physically even attract her, she's not choosing that. She's choosing what would be best for the, um, the vision of a future, for, for the continuity, basically what I would say, what I think is, what I think it is, and that's what's hinted at, you know, did you ever notice in, in, because uh, Chaim wasn't here, in the Korean Ktiv of Ruth, there's weird things. Like when Naomi says "viaradit hagoren," but in the ktiv it's "viaradi right? She says "vishachavd," right? But it says "vishachavdi" in the right, meaning that Ruth sees this as the greatest 
thing that she can do is to continue. She wants to continue the legacy. Really, it's the legacy of Naomi that's being continued. Naomi wants to continue her legacy on because she's really the great person of the, you know, behind everything, who's orchestrated everything. She's continuing it through Boaz. Obviously, she's not going to be the wife of Boaz. Right? But she's the one who continues it through Boaz by instructing Ruth to do this. And Ruth understands that that's not best in her best interest from the perspective of uh, personal emotional uh, attraction. Just like for Tamar, she didn't say, oh, I really want to be with my father-in-law and Lot's daughters. But the idea is that for continuity's sake of a legacy that's greater than me, more important than me, I want to be able to do it. I really, okay. I, love, I love this analysis of Navi because I like, I love, what? I love this analysis of, of Navi in general. That like you see like themes, mm-hmm. like John, like Sarah. We try. So what? What? So he now he says what? He says, Don't be afraid. Everything you say, I'm going to do for you. Because everybody in the gate of, the, of my people knows that you are an uh, accomplished woman. Meaning everybody knows that you are great. I'm going to, you, you are a, a desirable person. You're an accomplished person. You're a great person. And I'm going to therefore, uh, you know, do what you ask. It says, but in the in the ketiv, but we don't read it, right? But there is a goel closer to me. In other words, there's somebody who has the right of first refusal, right, in the case. And so I can't necessarily immediately, I have to tell you, even though, of course, I'm going to do everything that I can to make this happen, but, uh, you know, because everybody right now, one of the questions I had is what exactly in that pasuk, what, is, what does he mean when he says, um, when he says, I'm going to do whatever you, whatever you say I'm going to do for you because everybody knows ki eshet chayilat. What does that mean? What's the, what's the connection? Right, he's called the gibor chayilat, right. Right, but why does he say I'm going to do what you say because everybody knows that you're an eshet chayilat? Does anybody say anything about that? You see any mefarshim on that? What did they say? Any Mepharshim on that? I should have brought my Navi with the Mepharshim. I could look too. What does he say? Um, let me see. Uh, this is a Mepharshim uh, by Mishlei. That doesn't help me. I don't want to know that, that about that. Not in, not in root. Um, there's a Mechloket about what it is. I mean, it seems like the simplest way of say of learning it is that the, I mean, there are some people who say that well, there were two different ideas basically that they wanted that wanted to be expressed. So one is expressed through the Torah Shabal basically of the Kriya, and one is expressed through the Torah I mean, that's like the simplest way. Is like, in some cases, it seems like the the Kri is because of a sensitivity. Like instead of saying Yishkalena, say Yishkavena, it's more clean. It's not for children, you know, it's not for uh, uh, young ears. No, it's not always, it's not always. Usually there's two different ideas to be conveyed. <coughs> oh, wait, how do I do this? Um, let us see, what does the Malbim say? Are you going? Okay, see you. It says, don't get to the 
Oh, he's saying, he's basically saying it to reassure her. Malbim says basically to reassure her that he's going to follow through with what he said. Meaning, even though I'm about to tell you that there's a caveat that there's another person standing in line for this position, uh, I don't want you to think that I'm hesitating because everyone knows you're amazing and everyone, I'm not going to back out of it. Don't think that I'm going to back out of it and I'm looking for an excuse. Okay. In any case, too ambitious to suggest that there were textual variances to contribute to creative. Some sort of uh, errors in transmission. I think it depends on the case. I wasn't going to say that before, but it depends on the case. Sometimes it's probably true. I don't think Anishka Venna and Anishka Lena are true. But in Navi, there are definitely a lot of textual variants. So sometimes the double meaning. It's probably intentional, like here. I think it's intentional. Right. In other cases, like there's actually a in Masechet Sofrim, I think it says. I think in Masechet Sofrim it says that um, that the dots on top of certain words. Let's say uh, uh, the dots on top of um, or uh, uh, when it talks about Esav kissing all that. That it's there's one that says that Ezra, if Ezra wasn't sure which he found, that that, that means that there were two different Sifrei Torah that he found, and one had one way, one had another way, and therefore he put the dots and he said, if if it turns out that I'm right, I wrote it, and if it turns out that the word wasn't supposed to be there, I put dots on it to show that it was a question of a word. That's one interpretation of it in Chazal. But in Nach itself, in Tanakh, there are text in meaning not in the Torah really. Very little. But in, 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 in Nach, there are definitely textual variants of different manuscripts. They're not generally of a monumental nature, like of a letter here, a half a word, whatever, but could they sometimes be the result of, um, like the Korean Ketiv sometimes be the result of two competing versions, one, and they wanted to keep both of them in the tradition because they weren't sure which one was correct? Probably. Probably here they contradict each other, so I'm more inclined to. And the and the Khatib one doesn't make any sense. Uh, so I, I can only assume that it's there to send the devil message, that there's a vicariousness in the in the relationship, right? Because it doesn't make any sense if you're that wouldn't even be a possibility. Now, normally in textual studies, it's a well-known thing that you know the 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 more problematic reading is usually assumed to be correct. That's like a general general rule because the assumption is if there's a smooth reading and a, and a dumb reading, like a difficult reading, like the, why'd you put the one that's more the clunky one in there? Probably somebody tried to smooth it over with the smooth one, right? So that's that's the assumption in most textual studies that the more the more uh, problematic, difficult, clunky reading is probably the original reading, but it might not also always be the case. Sometimes it could be that a later person made a typo. Who knows? Anyway, all right. So the um, yeah, it's somewhere north. So um, okay. 
So he says, "Ve'ata ki omnam ki im goel anochi." Where we had the right. Linia laila vayav abokim yigalech tov yigal v'imlo yachpot legaolech ugaltich anochi chay Hashem. Shichvi adabok. Oh right, that's what it is. Where the Chazal say on the chay and chay Hashem that he was swearing that he wasn't going to have relations with her. It's like, why would you think that Boaz is going to do that now? I mean, they're not married, and and he's a great tzaddik. What is that saying to you? He really, he really wants to. Yeah, right, he wants to. Right, there was, that was I think the Chazal also say he had no children. He, he, his wife had died and they had no children. So he, there's also that factor of wanting a child. He has to make a nether so that he doesn't. So he doesn't do it. it can you check on that one too? Where is that pathic? See, uh, maybe, I, I know I saw it. I know I've seen it before. That they, uh, that they say, Chai Hashem, that he swore not to have relations with her. From the Midrash, probably. Could be Midrash Rabbah, could be in the Torah Tzmimah, could be in the Rashi, can't remember. Did you see it? On the one where he says Chai. Yeah, the Nisun Nishba, right. Oh, Rashi says, and what does he say? Right, you're single, what's the, you know... I love that the Chazal are so like unapologetically R-rated. Like they don't, they just say like, oh, he was with this single girl. He's single, she's single, and, he, and as Yetzirah said, why don't you just have relations with her? And, he said, and then he swore that he wouldn't do it. Like meaning that was going through his head, but that means was that it took him effort to say, no, I'm not going to do this. But the sexual tension in the in the situation was real. Like Chazal are saying it's real. Not uh, we're not putting it into the story. We would there. say it. But we would say it. But no, well, you know that the that there's. I, I don't actually. Maybe I shouldn't say this. Not this. No, there's there are some some mefarshim. You probably know this already. That say that you know Esther never had relations with Achashverosh. There was a shade went in every night and pretended to be her. What? No, it's uh, the Benish Chais in like uh, in uh, in what's it called um, Ben Yoyada. But people quote it because they don't want to believe that she would be doing it. Like the shame, I deny reality because it feels it feels more from. Oh wait, stop! Because no, 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 I just wanted to make sure it's still going. Deny reality. I would have said more controversial stuff if you had. Feels like what I think from Chai should be. Right, which has no bears no resemblance to what actual religiosity was. From this, you can actually learn. Yeah, you can learn that. Yeah, he had a desire, and he was able to withhold the temptation by making a nether, you right. know, something like that. Right. Whereas you can say, oh, he never really had a desire. So it was. Just, it was only he had a desire to establish the dynasty right. of David. It was only. It was only a spiritual desire. He didn't really care for her. Right. Like they say, oh, David Melech sinned with Bacheva, but because he knew that by Ruach HaKodesh she had to have, you know, all those things. Um, when the Tanakh doesn't have anything remotely, he, and he's punished, and he punished, is punished for the rest of his life over it, but he didn't do anything wrong. Anyway, so that's the, uh, that's so. so that, no, he only said that he did something wrong in order to make us feel better that we do things wrong. But actually, he didn't. You have to, you have to do a sufficiently convoluted uh, <laughs> explanation. <laughs> you know, you laugh, but that's probably literally what's it. Yeah. 
modern like, Yeah, it's a modern modern from yeah, modern art school. Art school. Yeah. The art school says it. I'm sure it says it somewhere. Uh, so, uh, which basically makes it a hundred percent sure, a hundred percent certain that you will learn nothing from anything. And then I was all the people that are perfect angels never did anything wrong, and you're a human, and you're just reading it and saying, "I'm not living in that world." Right? No associations. Yeah. There's no connection. So, like, the point is, Root goes in. She's capitalizing on the. Thing. The fact that he had drunk something before bed probably made him a little more pliable too, even though he had already slept some of it off. But, you know, he might have been, you know, a little bit more than that. Um, the Chidushe Torah were making him intoxicated. Right. It was the middle of the night. Nobody would have known. She was able to get that out of there without anybody ever knowing. They're both single. It's not like they're being, you know, breaking any uh, marital vows. You know, it's uh, all... Uh, all a, you know what's what happens in Vegas. Uh, what happens at the Aremat Seorim stays there. You know it's uh, so so that that's the that's the logic of uh, and he says no, I'm not going to do that. But that to show you two things. First of all, that Boz is a normal human being, but also to show you that Ruth is utilizing. Well, that's the actual greatness. That's actual greatness of a person. Like I always talk, like a million times, you have talked about the story of Amram Chasida. You know. The extremely pious Amram Chasida. He was so pious that when there was a gr- group of girls staying in his attic, he took a ladder that it normally took, you know, required 40 men to move and moved it by himself by the, to the window so he could climb up and go and see. Them. And then he screamed fire and everyone came and it was really the fire of the Etzara, whatever. I had the fire of the Yetzirah, but the point is that he he was called Amram Chasida. Why was he called Amram Chasida? That's what, what, that's what uh, right? if they were talking about a Chasidim of today, maybe. <laughs> now Chasidim just means like membership in a club. It has nothing to do with uh, Chasidut, right? right? Right, why is he called the Amram Chasida? Why is he called that? Because he controlled the impulse in the end, not because he didn't have it. You understand? That's a real chassid, not a person who doesn't have the impulse. A person who doesn't have the impulse is called uh, uh, lacking, um, you know, uh, lacking libido, low libido person, right. He's not a, per- he's not a person of, he's not great. It doesn't make them great. What makes you great is that you choose not to. Anyway, so that's, that's, the, that, that's the story of Amram Chassid. That's the famous story. And then there's a story about Abaye. He's also in that same sugya where he sees the girl and the boy go in the forest and they're talking and he trails them the whole way. Not girl and boy, little, like teenagers. They go in the forest and they just talk the whole way and then they part from each other. They don't even touch them. And he said, if it had been me, I would have been with the girl right in the middle of the forest. You know? And saying about himself, it's Abaye saying that. So the, why do they say these things? The Rambam says in... Uh, the Rambam says it in Yilchot uh, Yisrael beyond the end, where he says a person person shouldn't be embarrassed about it and they should talk about it. And he says the rabbis would say to their students, "Watch me because of my daughter-in-law. Watch me because of this, because that way they'll know that not to be embarrassed about having those desires. Because when you're embarrassed about having it, then you suppress it, and then it comes out ten times worse." Yeah. So the um, so the uh, like you know my, a friend of mine who like went to Chafetz Chaim Yeshiva of Iran is like when I came out of Chafetz Chaim Yeshiva if I saw a girl's ankle on the subway I was going crazy you know because they're so sheltered they they can't they don't know how to they don't know how to mo- moderate and manage impulses because they're cut off from them they're cut off from exposure to any stimuli so they don't learn how to how to deal with them, the stimuli that are there and anyway in any case. 
he's attracted, he's interested, he wants this relationship to happen, but two things. Number one, he restrains himself from engaging in sexual activity, which means that he wanted to, but he restrained himself because he understood that that wasn't the right thing to do with his mind, okay? Why wouldn't it have been the right thing to do? Because they weren't married. It's saying because he, there's another, there's another, and because the other guy might want to marry her. But what's, there's another Chazal that says something else that he didn't want to have uh, relations before Chupa, something like that. There's, another, there's two Chazals like that. He wanted to do it the right way. Technical question is... But she wanted to awaken the desire in him to give him a... to show that she wanted it, first of all, because he never would have thought that, even if Moshe is right. I think it was you that you said that maybe she was, he was giving her food and stuff like that, extra attention, right? It could be, could be that he liked her, and, but she, he would never imagine that she would be in, into him because she's not in her league, so to speak. You know, he's an old guy and she's young. Yeah. And apparently attractive because he's saying that she could have gone after any guy, right? So he's, uh, he, he doesn't expect her to like him, so she's showing that she is interested. So that's already like uh, awakening a desire in him. He wants to do it the right way, but he's, he's going to pursue it now. But there's somebody before him. And, they, and it's funny because it says, So the Chazal say Tov was the name of the guy. Right? Which is very interesting because Tov in, in the story is a, uh, is a very important term. Because everyone's talking about, what did, what did Naomi say before? She said, I'm going to do... Uh, what is good for you? The term tov, and and when Boaz drinks the wine, it's yitavlibo, right? That's to the personal satisfaction, right? For Boaz, he's like lonely, you know. His, his satisfaction is drinking and going to sleep, and for you know, and tov means a person who is they're they're interested in their own interest, right? They're they're getting their own satisfaction out of it. So what's going to end up happening is that when when the proposal is made that he redeem the field, he says, okay, but when he has to take root, he says, no. He says he won't. Now, now, so, so then... Uh, Rob, technical question, what, what mechanism is he, uh, would he be required to redeem her? Or the other Plony Almoni who comes up? It's not proper Yibum. Yibum is, the, the guidelines of Yibum are outlined in the Torah. What? Going outside the parameters of, of the halakha as we know it. Right, it's not, this isn't a halachic, it's not really a halachic ibum or a halachic gula. They keep using the term. Right, right. It's, it was a social thing that they did. They had a, an idea of the gula thing is that they, the, the property needed to be redeemed from whomever she sold it to. That's, that was regular gula because the family had the. The yibum thing was that as part of it, the condition that was being made was that they should also uh, establish a legacy for the lost uh, son. You know, uh, in the neighborhood, but it's not really halachically required. Obviously, it was, it was a social norm that they had. They would do that. That was the right thing to do. If you're going to take the guy's property to keep it in the family, you should also establish a legacy for him, not just take it. You know, that, that was that, that was the idea. So the guy doesn't want to do that. He's like, I'll take the property because I can cultivate the property and make money, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to take a burden of a wife that I did. I already has already has a family, you know, or whatever. Right. So so what happens now? So he tells her. Um, he's going to do This is an interesting thing. So he says he wants her to leave before it gets too light out, so nobody knows a woman was there. It's going to look really bad that he had a woman there. But then again, that and that 
the, the thing was, why did she have to do it in this way? Is one of the questions that I have. Why couldn't she? She's going there to collect grain every day. Just say, hey boss, I'm interested. Yeah, yeah. Or have somebody else do it. Have Naomi, the classy, whatever, older woman, talk to one of the women. No, right, so why wouldn't that work? Why couldn't they do it in a Shadchan way? Why did it have to be this way? Maybe the Shadchan is not ideal. Why, why did she have to do this way? Why did she say, hey, 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 I'm over here? Why did Naomi think that was the way to do it? Um, not brother, I think husband's cousin. No. This, this was the context in which he initially took a liking to her, ostensibly. On the threshing floor, in, this is in the, the way to get his juices flowing to do all this. No, stuff it's excited, right? Getting him excited about it. So the assumption is that he wouldn't. The assumption is either that it was impossible. I'm, I'm laying out the possibilities. I, I, I don't know, right? Either the assumption is that it was impossible for her to communicate this to him for social reasons in a normal circumstance. Because what you're going to do? Walk over to him in the middle of the day and be like, "Hey, can I have a word with you?" It would be socially awkward and uncomfortable. That's one possibility. But there's a practical reason she couldn't do it. The other possibility is that she that there was a concern that he would be resistant yeah, to. Yeah, she had to. She had to. Had his to right. Emotions, or else he would. If he would have thought about it before his. Right, which actually fits better with the paradigm of the other cases of the men and the yibum, and the yibum situations of like Tamar Yehuda. This, because Tamar was waiting for you to do the right thing he wasn't going to do it until he had a sexual interest in this woman and he did it so he would have backed out right. he would have backed out sure. right and if Lot's daughters had been like hey we have an idea let's do this here right so so the, um, so, the so the point is that there was this, an assumption that there would be a resistance to doing it that for that if he, it's actually the opposite of the Abigail story. Basically, Abigail shifts David from a, hash, a state of passion into a state of reason, so that he won't do something. She wants to shift him into a state of passion to be willing to do something out because reasonably he would say, "Look, this isn't the right thing for you. It's it's weird for me. It's complicated. There's another guy before me. It's too many different. There's there's too many." Right, there's too many boxes to check off for it to be right, and yeah, there's so many, so many complications, and yeah. and I'm also from the I'm also from the line of uh, of, of you know, whatever, whatever they there could have been a lot of reasons. But either the man will not be saved, right? Both of them are either the guy was taking way too long to the Well, he had his own agenda, too. Boaz doesn't need his narrative of this thing that he's like not doing. Well, that's what we're saying. She wants to perpetuate the legacy of Noah. It seems like Naomi wants to perpetuate her own legacy through Ruth, and Ruth agrees to it because, yeah. 
it doesn't have to fit exactly the same way. Just like he wouldn't have done it on his own accord. Right, right, what, what's the context? In the first two cases, there was a reasonable explanation why... I hear what you're saying. Yeah. So he was. So he was. So, so you're saying, he, there, in the other two cases, there was a blind spot in the guy, something he was missing that the girls saw, and they were trying to correct the situation. Right. Why they needed to take a, an active role because the guy wouldn't see the problem. There might be justice needs to be righted here. It's not just a blind spot. What was the justice for them? Well, I guess the justice society right is here could be. Sorry. No, no, you can. Could be the fact that Boaz is a leader and someone that helped everyone grow into a into a role of understanding Hashem didn't have proxies, didn't have children. That would have been a way for Am Yisrael's legacy to continue. That's the void that 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 you said you're So that, but I like what you said about uh, that. Boaz doesn't have kids. That's part of the problem. He doesn't have kids, and he's probably given up on that possibility of him having kids, even though he doesn't deserve that. It's a shame because he's a great person. And then on the other side, Naomi is the same thing. And if you look at it as really about Naomi and Boaz, which it sort of is, so then, so then both of them are people that were great people, didn't deserve to be in the situation that they're in without progeny, and now have an opportunity. Because for every rational reason, he'll dismiss it. Oh, you're a Moaviyah, I'm too old, you're young, there's another Goel, why are you going with me? You know, if you want to have kids, go to someone else. She has to get him personally interested and excited about it so that he can overcome the rational... You know, that's a good point. That was a really, that really brought a lot... No, no, that brought a lot of clarity to it. I think that was important. Because that brought in the Boaz point and no, they, there was an injustice. Because why should Naomi have no progeny? Because her husband brought her into a situation. Right. And she did Teshuvah and she came back. And now she has no future either. And, and Boaz has seemingly has no future, has no kids. And he's done so much great things from Israel. Right. So both of them are these great figures who haven't uh, been able to leave a legacy. Even, and, and so that, there you go. Yeah. Even though they've 
and even Naomi in her own way has done right. Even though Naomi has even Naomi has done great things because in her teshuvah she became an example to other people of not you know not taking the easy way, seeking a solution to the problem. Call me Mara so you don't make the same mistake I did of seeking the what's easy, you know, medicating the symptom instead of addressing the problem, and, and because you know that that's, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so. Yeah, so what happens now? Now you notice, so now he does something that seems on the surface, but I think now that we've talked about this more, it might fit in better. Because it says that, uh, that, that I think this is one of the cases where the Ibn Ezra says, oh, somebody gives like a metaphoric reading of the shesh seorim, but it's not really right. It's, he, has, he makes fun of, a couple of times with the numbers of the seorim and stuff, he makes fun of it. Why, why six? Like, why are, you, why are you interpreting it? He's like, yeah. he, he has a story where a guy asked him, is this the one? Is this the long one or there's a long one? Right, he says, Sipira yeah. katu you know? But there's another one before. Can I go back in this? Right, he brings a midrash. Right, so then, then, he, then in, in the other one where he uh, where it talks about the amount of grain, he says, um, Where Boaz is talking about the grain? Yeah, uh, no. Is this Ibn Ezra? Uh, is it Bayomela Boaz the Eta Okay I wanna find the funny thing, it's very funny. Just so you know this is good to know. For your entertainment. There are a lot of funny Ibn Ezra's in Tanakh. Yeah, he has a lot of good humor, but I have to find it. It's so hard with these. Um, well, it's really I can't find it. I need a book. It's a very. It's so hard to find. Oh, he says. Um, no, he says. This guy, he says, um, oh, here it is. He says, one time, Why did he give an efav sorry? So, Amartilo, en tam no shelazot. Kia katuv si per mahaya. Very simple. So then he thought lowly of me. You know, like a rabbi gives you a lame shot answer and you're looking for a chidush. You don't know the real. And he said to me, I didn't answer, I didn't ask any questions, I just didn't say anything. And he gives them, he says, one is that Ruth saw in Nevoah that she's gonna, one of her children is going to have the Amid Amud al Shem Ba'ala, Vetam Efa Tzadiva Vrimonim Shehayu Al Amud, because the Yachinu Boaz were the pillars that Shlomo put. That's why it's because Efa, the gematria that of Efa is the ninety-six rimonim, even though that wasn't the right number, but it doesn't matter. Rabbi gematria Efa. Oh no, um, uh, like it says, um, and then he says, it brings a whole bunch of them. Uh, 
and then he says, Vayhi shte milot, Aramid vivrit. And, um, and he goes on with all these other drashot. And then, he, and, and then he, there's a lot of them. And then he says, Az samach v'yashav libo b'kirbo. It's like a whole long thing of all the gematrias that the guy brought up. Like He's talking about all the good gematrias that the Ibn Ezra was given by this guy. I have to go back and see the beginning of the story. I don't know why people don't find people need. I don't know why people don't find people need. But he went back to the. This is before. Yeah. And he gives them all these drashot and gematras and all this thing. And then at the end, he's like, then he was happy. There's a, yeah, yeah, there's a, there, there are good ones where, well, oh, I have that all the time. I, a lot of times there are people in our community also, but they're all over. That they they'll say, what's the reason for this? And you'll give them a very simple reason, like, oh, it's because it's, no, that's not right. The reason is because this and there's some really convoluted, right? Really convoluted thing, and you're like, okay, you know, I don't know. I, I know exactly what the Ibn Ezra is saying. It's a very. He told me there are many reasons, but I didn't say anything. To him. Yeah. <laughs> and then he came back to me. And then he gave all the reasons, and then at the end, he's like, and he was very happy about it. It's, there's one where there's one I think it's in Parshat Bo maybe about like um, Yom Valailan Erev and Ben Arbaim maybe or something like that I can't remember and the guy keeps going back he said he kept going back and forth and the guy kept going with different arguments against him and you know he's like then he was very sad because I defeated his argument and then he was happy because he had another it's like a whole long narrative anyway he's very funny maybe that isn't it so uh where are we? Okay. Vayamot shesorim vayashet alevavoy. Vatavoy lchamota vatomer mi at piti vataged la et kol asher asala haish vatomer shesha sorim ayel natan li ki amar al tavoy rekam elchamotech. Now notice again, a word is missing. In the ktiv, it doesn't have the word elai. It's only in the creek. Again, why? Because in the Ketiv, the Ketiv is taking the, the line that this is about Naomi. It's not about Ruth. Even though that's obviously not the Pshat. So you can see that they use the Ketiv and the Kri in this book are being used to show the double meaning of what's really going on. This is about Boaz and Naomi and Boaz knows it and Naomi knows it. And so Boaz is sending her back and saying, don't go empty-handed to your mother-in-law because he knows that this is really about her. Right, that makes so much more sense when you realize it's really about Naomi and Boaz are the ones that need to really even, right, even realizes it that ultimately it's about her that he realizes he's doing it for that reason because ultimately who is the one who's with that, who has no chance of having a, a legacy it's not rude if she wants to go marry somebody else she can marry somebody else that's what he says to her he says this is a relationship that it, it makes sense because well we'll, let, we'll get to it but uh, now let's find now we have the case of the of, of the court case but this is the only break in the text it's not actually over because the Christians decided that the la, that the this pasuk should be part of the um, of the same parak even though there's a space in between wait we didn't do we didn't do uh, no Okay? 
Where's the break? Oh, I, oh no, it's not a break. It's not a break. It's just the ketiv. I thought it was a break. Yeah. There isn't a break. I thought that was a break, but it was actually just because of the ketiv. My mistake. Okay. Now, in any case, so the uh, so now she says he's going to take care of this today. Pictures that you could see it like yeah 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 uh huh uh-huh. so I'm viewing it very differently if you like root, root, no root is like the pro- root is the proxy and it's just like where'd he go bathroom because he keeps invoking Naomi by name also go take these six and come back to your mother-in-law I heard everything that you did for your uh, for your mother-in-law right his eye is on uh, Naomi and Naomi's eye is on Boaz and Root is the one who's carrying out the deed. For both of them, basically. For both of them, she's doing it. To enable both of them to have a, a, f- a future, which becomes David. Okay. Okay, so let's see. Okay. Uvoaz ala ashar. Stop and start. Oh, it's too long? 